Hello and welcome back to another episode of What's Going On with me, your host, Patrick White. The morning podcast where we dive right into the biggest issues affecting Canada every day. Today we will explore the contemporary issues facing the Indigenous communities in southwestern Nova Scotia regarding fishing rights. In the last couple of months, there has been a lot of violence and protestation over the opening of a new Indigenous fishery opened on September 17th of this year in St. Mary's Bay. The people protesting are non-Indigenous fishermen who are angry because they believe the fishery was opened illegally on the count that lobster season, what the fishery is used for, is between November to late May. The First Nations believe they have the right to do this because of the Marshall Ruling, a Supreme Court case from 1999. The problem is the term moderate livelihood was never defined by the Supreme Court or the Government of Canada. The other argument used by non-Indigenous commercial lobster fishers is that the off-season fishing will greatly affect the lobster population, not giving them enough time to repopulate. The Micmac, the owners of the new fishery, will be giving out their own licenses with special regulations for fishers like that they need to throw lobster away that are too small or are pregnant and other important things to help with conservation. The non-Indigenous fishers say that the Indigenous are not following their self-imposed restrictions. Randy Sack was the first person to get a license. He is the son of Donald Marshall Jr., the man at the center of the 1999 ruling. A lot of violence has been happening and a van was set ablaze as was a location uh, on the night of October 13th in New Edinburgh by where a bunch of fi- a bunch of lobsters stored at a location was stolen by non-indigenous fishermen. When indigenous fishers were trying to get to their fishing location in the area 34, one of the most lucrative in Canada for fishing, they were intimidated, seen in a quote by Jordan Chase, a First Nations lob uh lobster fisher who was there they were streaming right at us trying to intimidate us trying to push us away the rcmp and coast guard uh and the fisheries uh and oceans canada also known as the dfo personnel have been mobilized to deal with the problem Taking a look at the history of the issue is very important because it is a problem the indigenous have faced for hundreds of years The Supreme Court case of Donald Marshall Jr. in 1999 was based on the fact he was a Mi'kmaq man from Memberton, Nova Scotia, caught fishing with 210 kilograms of eel in August 1993, with an illegal man no license from the DFO. He believed he had the right to do so considering his indigenous status, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court where they ruled that he was allowed based on that fact. They ruled in his favor that the indigenous peoples could fish, hunt, and gather to earn a moderate livelihood. They based their ruling on the fact that the British crown had given the First Nations these rights in the 1760-1761 Treaties of Friendship and Peace that established the first commercial partnerships and networks between the two groups. The indigenous peoples of Canada have been limited to trying to exercise that right since the beginning. We see this in the quote by Michael Sack, the chief of the Spitnakatik First Nations. Today we are announcing the Spitnakatik intends to seek civil remedies against individuals and entities that have infringed against our constitutionally protected rights and who are attempting to prevent and frustrate the legal exercise of our rights. Michael Sack was even attacked by one of the hundreds of, indigen- of non-Indigenous protesters in New Edinburgh. The RCMP has arrested and charged 
the man responsible for the assault. A second ruling known as the Marshall II decision was made in, in November of 1999 by the Supreme Court. It was a rare clarification stating that the government still had authority to control fishing for conservation if they consulted with First Nations and had justification. The ruling had impacted specifically 34 Mi'kmaq and Maliseet First Nations in New Brunswick, PI, Nova Scotia, and the Gaspé region of Quebec. The Trudeau government had made three agreements to date with different bans on what a moderate livelihood is. The government has also tried to make deals with other bans but has been unsuccessful thus far. Thus far, the federal fishery minister has said, until an agreement is reached with the DFO, there cannot be fishery outside the commercial season. A sound management framework is necessary for management and conservation of the fish stocks. The government wants everyone to come to the table to make an agreement, but the indigenous fishers be believe the non-indigenous people have no right to be at the negotiating table. Now, moving on, taking a closer look at the facts behind the arguments both sides are making, Let's look at what scientists and experts on fishery are saying. Megan Bailey, a professor who studies fisheries at the University of Dalhousie in Halifax, says that the relatively little amount of fishing the indigenous do will not affect lobster stocks in the region. When talking to the CBC, she had this to say on the issue. If we look at the kind of what, of what the commercial efforts is normally in the area and its hundreds of thousands of traps, the 250 traps going in right now it's a negligible impact on the stock and i don't think it's conservation concern at this scale she was also quoted as saying this about the non-indigenous fishers i recognize and empathize with the commercial fishing sector that this seems like a conservation risk i don't think it is i don't think the science would support that in rebuttal of what this expert had to say this was said by the sprow the president of the bay of fundy inshore fishermen's association there's a ton of damage that we don't account for outside of the landings, damage to smaller eggs bearing female lobster, which are released by when, but when they are caught in the condition, they can't be released back to the bottom without being killed. There is 979 FLA 34 licenses in the area. The chiefs of the local bands are concerned about conservation and only take up, up about 5% of them. Another important factor to consider is the federal response to all of this and what the Trudeau government has done to deal with the civil unrest. Their main role so far has been to try and have all the opposing parties come together for negotiations, which has not gone well so far. They have not wanted to work together. The government is also being called out to address issues of systemic racism in the police force because of all the acts of violence that for the most part have been, not been resolved. The minister of the DFO has been called out for not addressing this issue earlier, even before the launch of the new indigenous fishery. The premier of the province of Nova Scotia, Stephen McNeil, specifically targeted the federal fishery minister, saying, very dissatisfied, quite frankly. The government in the last 21 years since the Marshall decision has been investing in the acquisition of better equipment for the, for the indigenous fishers to maintain a moderate livelihood. The federal government alone has put in $540 million since 1999, greatly expanding the fleet of fishing boats for the First Nations and license for them to legally fish without problems.
It is important to consider that this issue is far from the only systemic problem facing the Indigenous peoples of Canada in the modern age of the 21st century. This issue is different from other ones facing these people like the 60s scoop or the residential schools. This is a more complicated problem, but the Indigenous, indigenous are the ones most heavily affected. We still see this systemic racism in the police force. We still see the problem in the government with the, their poor decisions on the issue. The most striking thing about the whole situation is the systemic and widespread racism that still lingers in small rural towns all across the province and the rest of Canada from a period when we stole Indigenous freedoms away. I, your host Patrick, fundamentally believe all these sides have reasonable concerns and they all need to unite and negotiate terms that work for everyone. The agreement must absolutely let the First Nations of our country use the rights given to them by the Constitution of Canada. If you live in the great province of Nova Scotia and are yourself either an Indigenous fisher or commercial non-Indigenous fisher, try and see the point of view of the other side and come together. If you know a person who is either of these things, encourage them to understand the other side and make peace. The most important thing is we must stop rioting and looting over the, this issue. I'm specifically referring to acts of violence perpetrated by non-Indigenous fishers angry at First Nations. We need to let the DFO do their job in solving this crisis and follow the science wherever that may lead. For more information, look at great sources like CBC. That's our show, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What's Going On with your host, Patrick White. I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow in with our episode on the 2020 presidential election.